In this video, I'm gonna talk with you about three small business leadership principles that are gonna make a world of a difference for your business, whether you're a health expert or not. Welcome to The Health Printer Show. My name is Uriel Kim. If you're a health practitioner or coach looking to build a successful virtual health practice that allows you to help more people, make a lot more money, and enjoy a greater quality of life in the process, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uriel Kim here, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. We help health practitioners and coaches get more clients, scale their virtual practices, and really get away from the grind and all the overhead of a brick and mortar, all that kind of stuff. Kids are uh, doing their thing out in the pool. I'm doing my thing here with you. It's a beautiful day. I hope you're ready. So if you are building a team, then you are a leader. But first and foremost, you have to understand you're a leader of your own life, even if you don't have a team. So Never forget that, okay? But let's say you're starting to build a team and you know, you've got one person, 10 people, you know, whatever the number of people you have on your team is. You have to understand that leadership will make or break your business. Leadership will help you accelerate or it'll stall you. And when I say leadership, what I mean by that is every single problem you face in your business is a people problem, every single one of them. And if you are by yourself, that person is you. And even if you have a team, that person is still going to be you and then compounded by other people. So learning how to deal with others, learning how to lead others, including yourself, is massively important and a very big predictor of your success. You know, we look at Richard Branson, 300 companies under the Virgin umbrella. That's, I mean, how does, like, how do you even conceive of doing that? And what Richard is famous for saying is he's just like, I just hire really smart people and I get out of the way. And it's a really interesting mindset to think about because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, a lot of us have a tendency to think that we have to control everything and we are the only ones who can drive stuff forward. And it takes a little bit of learning to understand that, you know, we, we don't have all the answers. We can't do everything ourselves. And hiring great people is, it's just such a blessing. It allows you to impact more people, including the people on your team. It uh, helps you build a really great business, one that allows you to buy back more of your time to spend time doing things in the business that you love, more time outside the business for other things you love. And listen, no one achieves anything amazing by themselves, okay? So let's talk about these three principles. Number one is skill can never trump cultural fit. There, there's going to be a time where you hire someone and work with someone who is a potential rock star or they're really, really good at what they do. That's not good enough though because there can be ego with some people that trumps how good they are. And if you ever, if you ever, if you, I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, then you kind of know what I'm talking about. But let me give you the example from, from sports. So, uh, many years ago, I played professional soccer, and when I when I retired, I then coached uh, the or assistant coached the University of Toronto men's soccer program. And one of the things that I realized, not just from my days playing, but also as a coach, was it was very challenging to work with people or, or athletes who thought they were the shit and didn't show up and do the same work or have the same work ethic as other players who may have had a little less skill. And like very quickly, I realized like I would much rather work with a team of average players 
who are amazing cultural fits and who are willing to learn and grow than have the one or two superstars who are too cool for school, who don't think they have to do the stuff that others do because it's a nightmare. And yes, those one or two players can make a huge difference in big moments, but that's a choice. Like you can choose to work in that environment or you can choose not to. And I'll use the example of Italy who recently won the Euro, so Euro in, uh, in soccer. I mean, of all the years that I've followed soccer, this is probably the weakest Italian team in terms of like player for player. Like there's no superstars. You know, maybe one or two of them were really well-known, great players, but most of them were relatively unknown. Most of them had very few international caps, you know, a year before the tournament started. Uh, when you compare that to some of the older Italian teams back in the day, with Roberto Baggio, you know, Maldini, all these like big, big players. This one was on paper, maybe the most mediocre, but what they had that a lot of other Italian teams didn't in the past was this amazing bond, this amazing culture. And to, when you think of, you know, when we're talking about the national team, we're talking about players who on a week to week basis in their club teams, a lot of them are, you know, playing against each other, fighting against each other, and to bring all those different personalities together into a national team program, cohesively come together a few weeks before a big international tournament and win it is pretty amazing. That's the power of culture. And that's why I think that skill can never trump culture fit. So if you hire someone who's a rock star, but they're a cancer for the rest of your team, you gotta get rid of that person. I promise you, it is not, not worth it, okay? So that's the first thing. Second thing as a leader is you are the leader, as I mentioned, uh, of your own life, right? Of, of your own departments of your business. And there's gonna come a time where it doesn't make sense for you, nor should you continue doing all the stuff you once did. You have to get to a point, so this is the second thing, where you must be able to delegate the details. If you are working with someone an admin assistant, another team member, a director, whatever it is. If you feel you need to micromanage them, you have the wrong person in that role. But let me be clear. There's a very big difference between coaching and micromanaging. Coaching is giving feedback, right? Providing coaching and training to help someone do better. Micromanaging is like, hey, did you get this done? And it doesn't even matter what level of hire you're bringing in. Like, sadly, I've worked with one or two people at a high level and I was the one micromanaging them. I'm like, dude, where is this? Why isn't this done? Like, what's going on? Um, well, it ensued that they were then let go not too, not too long after that. Listen, if you can't take care of yourself, if you can't lead yourself and you're working with another company, it's only a matter of time. You have to understand this, okay? If you are a business owner and you can't lead yourself, you're not gonna be able to attract great people. You have to lead yourself first and foremost, and part of you evolving as a leader is being able to delegate the details and giving ownership of outcomes, not just tasks, to others. So as an example, one of our writers started off as an editor and writer. And what I wanted to do is as I got to know her very quickly, recognized that she was a tremendous opportunity for growth. Like she's very growth oriented and wants to grow. 
And so I mapped out a 12 to 18 month curriculum to help her become masterful in copywriting because copywriting is the most important skill you can develop at least in an online business. So she's got the raw material of being an English major, good writer, et cetera, and like insatiable amounts of wanting to learn and grow. So I'm like, okay, here, here's, here's what we're going to do, right? Every single week, you're going to do these things, dot, 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 dot. And I'm going to coach her. I'm going to give her feedback in that process. So it started off with editing transcripts, right? So she'd take a transcript of a video like this and turn it into a blog post or bring a couple together and turn it into a bit of a, a, a smaller book. And I'd provide some feedback on the tone, style, et cetera. And then we moved into writing emails, some social posts, into Facebook ads, and that's continued to evolve and evolve and evolve. That, what I'm doing with her is coaching. I'm not micromanaging her. I've given her a path to follow. She's on that path. I'm providing feedback and coaching to help her get better. And, and ultimately, I feel confident being able to completely remove myself from many of those tasks now which is very freeing for me. So being able to delegate the details is important, but don't expect someone to come in and then you're like, cool, you figured out, and then just walk away from it. That's a recipe for disaster. Like even the most amazing people, I mean, like you'll recognize when someone's an absolute rock star. When someone comes in like on day one and they're like overhauling everything because they're just amazing, you'll know that. But for the most part, most people, there's going to be an on-ramp period. There's going to be an onboarding period, you know, 30 days, et cetera. You got to like coach and you have to lead people. You have to have an onboarding process to move people through so they understand your company, your culture, how things are done, your guiding principles, et cetera. And you got to give them a bit of time, but at the same time, you know, they have to be good at what they do, right? So when I say talking about like giving ownership of outcomes, for instance, with our writer, I'm not saying your goal is to write an email. Like that's not an outcome, that's a task. The outcome is to achieve the outcome of, in our case, get calls booked with qualified prospects. So that's her outcome. That's what she's owner, like her, she owns that. And how she writes emails, how she tracks performance is then gonna be a leading indicator of those calls being booked. So it's not just like, hey, I wrote three emails this week. I'm like, I don't care if you wrote three emails or 3,000 emails, I care about the outcome. But you own that outcome, and by doing these things, you can improve the likelihood that that outcome is going to be achieved. So when we give people ownership of the outcome, we're no longer just delegating details, we're delegating ownership of a result in your business. And that's a whole other level instead of just being like, you have to do this and this and this and this. Does that make sense? Third thing is learning how to climb the five levels of leadership. I wanna share this with you. This is a concept I learned from John Maxwell. And I think this is really applicable in, in many, many areas of business. So the five, levels of the five levels of leadership look like this. So at the bottom is we lead based on our position. So you get hired as whatever the, you know, the role is. You are leading that role based on the fact that you have the role. Right? So let's say you bring in someone who's a social media manager. Their position is a social media, social media manager. Therefore, they lead social media in terms of your business based on the fact that they have that position. That's where it all starts. Okay, You have leadership based on your job role. That's where we all start. It's a terrible place to end. <laughs> 
you want to be evolving up the ladder. So the next step or the next level is permission. And this is big. This is where, at the minimum, all of us should be seeking to grow to. Permission leadership is based on having a relationship where you've built trust and rapport with your direct reports, where they are appointing you to be their leader based on the fact that you have a relationship and they can trust you. Now, you might say, okay, well, if someone's a social media manager, how does that change anything if now they're a leader based on permission? The difference is that they're not doing the bare minimum. The difference is that they've gone out of their way to start building a a relationship with, with team members, with people around them, with people that are reporting to them, where there's more no like and trust, where those people that report to the social media manager, as an example, now have a sense of like, this person cares about me. This person really wants me to win. There's a level of edification. You've kind of risen this social media manager. So the people underneath and direct reports have given the social media manager even more clout, more leadership power, if you will, based on the fact that they recognize that this individual is here to support them, help them grow, help them win, instead of just telling them, like, do this and, like, drop the hammer on them. You know, there's, I mean, my mom worked in corporate, uh, corporate America, Canada for 30 years, you know, and, and her manager was uh, a friggin' tyrant, a nightmare. Like, the only reason she was her manager was based on position. That manager, for as long as I can remember, started at level one and she finished at level one. What I'm showing with you, sharing with you here, she was never able to climb because number one, she was a robot and had no interpersonal skills. So she was not even able to get to level two, which is relationship-based, whereby your direct reports, again, give you permission to be their leader based on them being like, I like you, kind of. So that's the second level. Third level is production. And here we assume leadership based on the fact that we can produce results or based on the fact that we have produced results. So someone gets a, someone gets a role as a social media manager, right? Uh, they've built relationships. Cool. They have that permission-based type of leadership, but they're producing results. Like they're growing, they're growing your following, they're growing your engagement, they're growing whatever parameters you're looking to achieve through social. It's like there's a certain level of like, man, this person's a baller. And there's a certain level of respect there that it's like, man, like this person's producing results. Therefore, yeah, like totally, you know, I'm giving them, I'm giving them props there. Someone who's in a role like a social media manager who's, who's terrible at their job, number one, is not going to stay there very long or they shouldn't. And number two is not going to earn the respect of the people on their team because they're not producing results. So you know, there's not much edification as a leader in that role if you can't produce the results you've been hired to produce. So we definitely want to be at a level where we can be leading based on our own production value to the company. Level four is where things get really interesting, especially as a leader, is reproduction. Is your ability or the person's ability to sorry, reproduce the results they've achieved through others. So a social media manager, as an example here, so they're producing great results, okay? And then there's a certain point where they're like, you know what, I'm ready for like the next challenge. 
I want to hire someone underneath me or elevate someone underneath me to take on this or parts of this role so I can focus on higher level stuff. Cool. All the power to you. However, can you coach and lead and train this person that you want to elevate to the same level of results that you did, that you created? That's key. So when I started Healthpreneur, it was me by myself. I was the one coaching my clients, da, 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 da. As we grew, we brought more people on. We work with hundreds of clients at the same time, and I spend about five hours a week coaching them. We offer our, our clients up to seven calls a day for like literally on-demand support with different aspects of their marketing and their business, but I'm not on those calls. So what I've been able to do is repro- reproduce the results I can create for my clients through other people. So now we have an amazing team of world-class coaches, like leading experts in their domains of copy, webinar, Facebook ads, mindset, and they're able to work their magic. I don't have to, but the results that our clients get are even better than what they would get if they only had me as a coach. So this whole notion of like one-on-one coaching is the best is complete bullshit. And this is something we've completely flipped on its head. We've like every single time people get better results in a community, in a group type of setting. But again, the key here is that if you can't reproduce the results that you produce on your own through others, then obviously a community-based coaching program is not going to be good, right? So it has nothing to do with the fact that it's group coaching versus one-on-one. It has everything to do with the fact that the leader of that business has no clue what they're doing to produce better results in a dynamic of multiple people compared to them by themselves. So reproducing your results in others is massively important for helping you move to the next level in your business. So that's stage four, level four. And then the final level is level five, which is respect. Respect, think of it like this, is you've just been doing what you do for so long that undeniably you're just like, you know, we're not worthy. We're not like the whole Wayne's World thing. There's, and I talked about this before, there's a, a tremendous amount of power in staying power. So if you've been in business for two years, awesome. If you've been in business for five years, better. If you've been in business for 10 years, you're in the 10-year club. If you've been in business for 20 years, you're in the 20-year club. If you've been in business for 20 years, That doesn't happen by fluke. There's a tremendous amount of respect and goodwill and reputation, hopefully good reputation that's been built because you've been around for so long. We have clients that followed me way back in the day, like watching my other YouTube channel when I was doing like interval running workouts 10 years, 15 years ago. And now they're in my business mastermind, right? There's a certain level of like, I hear this all the time. Like, hey man, I've been following you for years. I love what you're doing. And that's, you know, I'm very, very great, uh, grateful that that's happened. But I've also, I've been around long enough to, I'm not saying I'm, ent- uh, I guess to earn that, not that I'm entitled to it, but to earn that, right? So you earn respect by doing good work consistently and just being around long enough. The game of business, there's no finish line, but you know, if you want to win and you want to really help more people and you want to take things to the next level, just outlast everyone else. That's going to command a whole new level of respect. If you've been in a company and you've been there for a long time and you've continued to produce results, add value to the company, elevate others, 
there's a level of respect that you're given that is undeniable, right? Everyone on the team looks up to you because you've just been such a great producer and value adder. So anyways, so those are uh, three things, the principles that are gonna help you as a leader in your small business. When I say small, I mean, you know, anywhere from like zero to 10 million, for instance. A recap, number one is skill can never trump cultural fit. Never, ever, ever. Number two is you should be able to delegate the details. And number three is learning how to elevate yourself and those around you through the five levels of leadership. If you've enjoyed this video, give it a thumbs up. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss any other awesome videos I have coming your way to help you grow a great online health business. And in the meantime, got another great video for you next, which is how to build a winning team. You can check out that video in the link in the description below. Do that now. I think you'll really enjoy it. Thanks so much for watching. I'm Uriel Kane, and I'll see you soon. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Healthpreneur Show podcast. And while you're there, I'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star rating or review if you feel it merited that. At the same time, if you'd like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on Instagram. You can find me. I am at healthpreneur. And be sure to tune in and subscribe to our YouTube channel on YouTube. Just search healthpreneur and you'll find all of our great videos there as well. That's all for today. I appreciate your time and your attention. Keep doing the meaningful work that you are doing. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.